children's sharing is definitely a topic that belongs in any conversation about social-emotional learning. But sharing is not a black-and-white topic for Cassie Tondrio, today's guest on the Big Picture Social-Emotional Learning Podcast. In fact, sharing is so not a black-and-white topic for Cassie that she describes sharing as a downright murky subject. What I love about this conversation is Cassie's extreme honesty about her own approach to sharing in a variety of her own life's situations, and I can so relate to the examples she raises. I wonder if you'll be able to relate as well. Hi, my name is Nini White, and I am so grateful to have you sharing this conversation with us. So, sharing with little children. It's a big challenge for them, and then that becomes a big challenge for us. So I Mm -hmm. have invited and so happy to welcome Cassie Tondro. Thank you, Cassie, for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, I am so glad. When I read your article, Rethinking Sharing in the Exchange Magazine, I just thought, I need to talk to this woman. We need to hear her thoughts about this important topic. So um, thank you for finding the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, I think uh, the first thing that I want to start off with is your title, Rethinking Sharing. Why Mm -hmm. did you choose that Mm -hmm. title? Why is that important for us? Um, I think that sharing is kind of a catch-all sort of that we use um, to either uh, to kind kind of force children into a dynamic where they're made to hand things over <laughs> yeah know, ob- objects basically right and, uh i feel like it sort of um does them a disservice uh and removes a lot of opportunity for them to engage in a deeper way um you know with with stuff but also with time and uh you know it really really kind of limits them in terms of like the scope of their play how they how they play alone, how they play with others, and really like a lot of aspects of their life. Yeah, yeah, I I so much appreciate that perspective because you mm-hmm. tied it into so many dimensions of interactions, but mm-hmm. I, and one of them was just that their self advocacy kind right. of gets crushed when we just say hand it over. Mm-hmm. What, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, I think it it it's really kind of become sort of a, a way to categorize kids into like this is a good kid this is a bad kid this Oof. is a kid that's willing to hand things over this is a kid that's not and mm-hmm. um I think it looking to ourselves as adults it, it becomes extremely hypocritical because we mm. don't share a lot of things there's a lot of things that are expensive and valuable and whatever and it's it's kind of like well we yeah I can't share that there's no way I could and so um Considering that perspective, um, you know, from in terms of value, monetary or otherwise, uh, why we wouldn't hand something over, I think is really important to think about. And um, like, again, I'm going to use the word disservice a lot, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it really does a disservice to kids uh, to say your stuff isn't valuable and you have to hand it to another child. Yeah. And, and your opinion isn't and your yeah. what you, your priorities aren't valuable. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Ouch. Uh, mm-hmm. Disservice. And I would say disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. 
I wonder mm-hmm. how often we hear the concept of respect in relationship to how we interact with children. I mean, does that happen mm-hmm. much at your school, which is quite a, an exemplary school, I understand. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I teach at Hilltop uh, Children's Center in Seattle, mm-hmm. on, in Fremont specifically. Um, so I got to plug it. <laughs> uh, I love it. Good, here. good, um, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It Respect is a big thing that, that's come up. And uh, we're, I think, pretty great at focusing on uh, the experience of the child and sort of like what education means and you know what we want from it what we wanted as kids and um what we want their experience to be like and um especially tying in you know brain development and all these all the training that we do as educators um it takes a lot of time to play and takes a lot of time to figure out what you even want to do and uh like just for example when children go outside, it takes them approximately 45 minutes to just become engaged with stuff, with anything, mm. toys or otherwise. So, I mean, just considering that length of time, mm. um, you know, a kid having a five minute turn with a set of Legos is pretty outrageous, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. almost zero opportunity. Um, for something like that to happen for like those kind of arcs of learning to take place. And so. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I love how you relate adult experiences of sharing and not sharing to help the readers uh, relate to, to getting insights with about kids and relating to how kids do that. Do you sure. want to give us an example from your own life? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, <laughs> I'm really into comic books (laughs) and uh, so I have a bunch at home that uh, like I used to work at a bookstore and so they they have like meticulous like plastic covers on them to protect them from sunlight and so people come over and they're like oh which comics are you into I'm like I show them and they're like oh can I borrow this and I'm you know and I say no I'm sorry (laughs) you know (laughs) this is too important to me I really want to but, you know, and in fact, like, here's, here's the work I've done to make sure that this is like, protected. And, um, you know, in the article, I use an example of like this uh, outrageously expensive lotion that I bought for myself that right. I told my husband, you know, you're not allowed to use this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. it, it could be considered, you know, quote, unquote, I'm gonna say it childish. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to hand something over but um I I think it's just a human thing we have some possessions that are important to us and that's okay you know yes but in contrast you told about I love how you uh made this point that when Mm -hmm. somebody sees and values our object and also our appreciation of that object or that event or whatever it changes the whole dynamic can can you give that to us and and relate it to to kids Mm-hmm. and their ability to share right uh yeah i mean there there was a kid um i i made a small mention of this in the article but uh the, one of the biggest things for me that really hammered this home was a kid became obsessed with music and playing music anywhere he could and um he would spend all all morning searching on the playground for the perfect sticks to make drumsticks yeah. and so when he had two of them that were just the right length just the right you know uh, firmness they wouldn't break when he drummed on something um 
he would get really engaged and uh and kids would come over and be like oh can i have one and uh i i once watched a teacher be like well what yeah why don't you want to you have two of them you can just give one away and it was like well when you know what those are though <laughs> you, you wouldn't ask him you know it was it was pretty fascinating to watch that um and just to learn like how kind of you know a, a, a silly thing as minute as a stick is like well when you when you understand the value when you see it that's that's a big deal and when kids would uh come up to him and want to play music with him I, I mean it would it would like hand right over it'd be like oh let me show you how to how to play this song on the guitar on my big stick guitar you know or whatever it was that day so, so that was Really oh, that, that's so beautiful because that's actually yeah. that is rethinking sharing to um mm -hmm. well what's the word that i want uh just a give and take it's more of a give and take all right and yeah. and, and and it's a real sharing back and forth instead of just give mm -hmm. give away be forced mm -hmm. into it. yeah beautiful yeah. uh yeah. yeah getting to know the person in the play i guess you know getting to know the person in the play and then what you did which I really appreciated, you took it to another level and made it about communication and how a person, how a child, when they feel safe and respected and having mm -hmm. not been exposed to being disserved, mm -hmm. then they can open up and share themselves. Do you yeah. want to talk about that? Absolutely. Um, I think that kids uh, really... Like I said, do, don't get enough time um, to play just as a rule in their life. Right. Um, that takes work. And also, um, the my deepest focus as a teacher is is about children connecting with their peers. You know, like engaging socially, developing emotional recognition skills. Um, I that's that's my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't care that much about the stuff the the stuff I feel like comes from the kids it's whatever they're interested in but uh the the main focus to me is conflict management and I don't mean conflict in terms of like yeah. fighting I mean yeah. it in terms of like engaging and debating and you know managing a space and an amount of stuff together you know just like people do everywhere in the world right so that's that's what <laughs> you have to learn about in life you know exactly um, so it, to me uh sharing I think boils down to just like relating to people and learning about needs and relating according to need so um like I, I, I think I've been really successful and I've, I've been really proud of my classroom in this way for a long time or for the over the last two years since I've started really focusing on actually rethinking sharing like legitimately uh -huh. um to the point that now as just a an adorable example of this last year we had a pair of red slippers in our costume basket in my classroom and one kid loved them so much to the point that they just lived in her cubby in her like little locker and everyone was like we know that this kid loves those shoes we don't need them as much as her if we want them, we'll ask for them, but mainly they're kind of hers. You know, it was like, came down to that. Like they all understood that, but that, that to me was wild that they were that willing to hand over something like that. Three-year-olds. So 
Whoa. But you must have helped. How did you help with that? How did you help them Hmm. expand in their capacity for that? Because naturally, when they see something in motion or somebody has something, I remember when I was three years old, somehow, miraculously, if my brother had something and he made it look like fun, then I wanted to have that fun and make it mine. Totally. So how, yeah, yeah, so how did mm-hmm. you what did you do to help those kids uh get bigger in do. their perspective um I think I I did a lot of the like kind of coaching coaching work that I do with kids just in terms of conflict resolution mm-hmm. of asking them like okay I see that you want that do you want to ask that kid how long are you going to play with this mm. <laughs> it's one of the most common phrases we say mm. how many do you need that um, you know, and a kid can say like a matter of minutes or they can say like kind of a nebulous amount of time. I'm going to need it for a long time. I don't know yet. Or a yeah. short time or a couple minutes or something or until I go home is something sometimes kids say. And and then it's kind of a matter of me sussing out if it's a genuine desire to play with that thing, uh-huh. if they're focused on something or if it's I'm keeping it away from you to antagonize you. <laughs> <laughs> oh horrors children yeah. don't do that do they <laughs> no that definitely does happen yes so, of course of course yeah and and i um i pretty frankly call things like that out when i suspect that that's happening like and, how what do you say what do you say um i say something like i think you've had this for a long time i wonder if you're feeling upset with you know ex-kid about uh-huh. that. like and and three-year-olds are frank enough that you can trust yes, them yes they, yes yeah, I'm mad at you you will you know uh so they they are very open and I, I think when you set up that kind of dynamic of um I'm noticing this it sort of forces you to to comment on it you know it's a, a human behavior thing like often people are relieved when you sort of burst that bubble of like we have tension let's acknowledge the tension you excellent know? yeah excellent excellent yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I, long I, as it isn't uh, something they have to defend themselves against, so long as it's uh, just an observation that's kind of uh, generic mm-hmm. or, or neutral or not pointed. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then another thing that helps is uh, like just in terms of like teacher advice or whatever is um, actually taking like hold literally taking and holding the object that the conflict is about and saying like, I'm going to save this for you while you guys manage this problem. Oh. You know, like, I'm just going to actually hold it. And it, it helps you very quickly discover like kind of what it's really about. If it's about the thing, if it's about them, if it's about the, like a previous conflict that they've had. Oh. Uh, and that, that I think is really, that, that's something I've adapted to do just based on observing other teachers. And I find it really helpful. Um, it gets them to, like a make eye contact start to talk um and get through it much more quickly wow actually forces them to make a plan i suppose i mean i'm having a little bit of trouble picturing that with three-year-olds yeah yeah um because it it can i mean getting out of that push-pull dynamic of like i want it me too Ah, give it to me now you know right um i think is the quickest way to get away from that you know, I'm I'm gonna hold the thing. Sometimes there's tears, and you have to start there. Right. You felt really sad when I took that away. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, you know, let's start over. How oh. long do you need 
this. They want it next. What should we do? Can we make a plan together? Ah, that makes uh, so much sense. Yeah. And then both child feels uh, seen. Right, exactly. Yeah. Ah, which is something yeah. we all want from day one till the last day. We want to oh, be seen. Sure. Yeah. Totally. And that gets back to being respected. Yep. Yeah. I don't need to be agreed with, but I need to at least, I need to be seen. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So, Cassie, I have one final question for you. Not that I wouldn't like to keep talking about this, but I, I want to respect your time. Is that you have this big picture perspective uh, and the long-term view on the value of sh- how sharing connects to real relationship building between adults and children in their care. And I'd love mm-hmm. you to share your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, I think mainly we set a very different standard for children than we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I try to call that out often in my teaching. And I, I you know, basically set myself to the same standard that I set them to. Um, which is, you know, trying to give children adequate time and space to engage with the things they want to engage with. Um, So that to me means sort of calling out times where my expectations of them, you know, aren't following that or aren't giving them enough time. And, you know, of course, in teaching day-to-day life, it's, there's never really enough time (laughs) but uh, yeah as much as I can you know um giving them those opportunities and giving them the language to work with one another that Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. but but mainly what it boils down to like I said is saying I see that you need this thing I see that this is super important to you um I uh I want to give you the time that you need with it and if you need it, here's what I need you to tell other people about that, mm. you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess it relates to, I, I guess that that is sort of where I'm coming from in terms of how I relate to them about that. Right. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I think the beautiful thing that you emphasized in your article was just how when the teacher or the parent or any mm-hmm. adult caregiver takes the time and you were referring to this more in the earlier part of our conversation to notice what the meaning of that stick is to that child, what the meaning of that rock is to that child, instead of, to me, it's just a rock. So what's the big deal? Yeah. But then if then uh, do you want to talk about what you, the point, the beautiful point you were making in that? Sure. I I think that really comes down to observing and really getting to know the kids in your care and uh, understanding what, what their aspirations are and what they're interested in and, and what they really want to do, you know, especially what they would do by themselves, um, mm. what, what things they keep returning to, what things mm. they, they need again and again every day. Mm. Um, I think those are sort of the most important things. And when you call them out to other children, this kid is an expert on drums. This kid is an expert on trucks. This kid uh, is, you know, uh, it, it, re- it really highlights to them the importance of that stuff to their peers and, and helps them to kind of build that understanding of like, 
oh, you need this, you want that. And I think starting that very early in life would be extremely helpful to adult relationships, just in terms of like, I don't know, very dumb things. Like, this is your favorite cereal, so I won't eat all of it or something like uh. that. You know, I mean, it could be very, very minute stuff. But it, that sort of acknowledgement of like, this is important to you. I'm going to relate to objects around me in this way because I know that about you, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and, and I heard once that uh, somebody said uh, to someone else that life is in the details. The details are what life mm -hmm. is made of. So minute as if that's mm -hmm. inconsequential. No, it's not inconsequential. Um, mm -hmm. And also sure. you were talking about as an adult, and this is true with kids too. And maybe we can re rework this con concept a little bit more because it's not as if kids won't share. It's not as if we adults won't share something that's precious to us. But what is the criteria for that, that we can either uh, help or just acknowledge and just act accordingly from there? What, what are the criteria for sharing? The criteria for sharing? Um... That's a really good question. I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, I, I think it's just really a matter of, uh, kind of like I said, like watching, building relationships, observing people closely, recalling what we know about people and what we know about what they value, and um, finding out the importance of certain things to them. Like it, it. It's really interesting to think about myself in that way because some things that should be very important to me aren't very important to me other things are extremely important <laughs> like you know i there's things i use to cook in my kitchen that are more valuable to me than my car like you know what i mean i, I <laughs> use my car about once a week i use those things every day it's it's so that if someone really knows me they they know that <laughs> you know that they could more easily borrow my car than you know, like my immersion blender or whatever, you know, so that, that, that to me is kind of, I, I love the aspect of getting to know people that way and getting to know children that way. Um, it, because it is also detailed and also individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I just wanted to remind you about this thing that you said in the article, the way you concluded it. As silly mm -hmm. as they may be, these objects are prized, ex expensive or otherwise valuable, and they mean something to us. When, when it's recognized by others that also value those things, the joy with which we offer them up is palpable. You might say mm -hmm. that the best sharing feels like, less like sharing objects and more like sharing yourself. Ah, yeah. You wrote that. I wrote that. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to sure. comment on that or? Sure. Yeah. I, it, it, uh, yeah, I think it's, it really is. It, it should feel like sharing yourself if, um, mm. someone understands the importance of what you're using. Mm. Um, and, and like I said, it, it is so incredibly individual yes. and, uh, I think children are often especially looped into these roles of kids all like the same things. Kids all like the same things at the same times and Oof. at the same age and in the same way. And that's not true. Kids are just younger people. And so they <laughs> interact with things differently and uniquely. And Absolutely. we have to learn them just like any other person. Yeah. So I, th I think it's, it's huge. Yeah. And it, 
it really does when it's an amazing feeling when um when you see a kid start to interact with you in a way that says I see that you understand what I want and I see that you understand what I need you know and I trust that you're going to help me get it (laughs) (laughs) that is the reward the reward to the highest heaven absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. oh Cassie, you're making this world a better place. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, It was a pleasure. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, Oh, one last thing I maybe should say is absolutely. uh, I have another article coming out in the same magazine next or this this summer or fall. Okay. What what will the topic Um, be? That one's going to be on the concept of being in trouble (laughs) so another pretty valuable one um with three-year-olds so um oh we will talk again then i i wanted to say let's talk again but now we have an absolute reason that we must i wonder if you had the same Mm -hmm. uh perspective and relationship to the troublemakers as i did most often Mm -hmm. they were my favorite kids to hang out with Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> no, they're fascinating. They're fascinating because yeah. they're, they're just <laughs> so themselves. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they're not pushovers. And uh, they're yeah. really fun to get to know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We have another conversation coming up. Wonderful, Cassie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank we'll, you so much. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. To get the full force of Cassie's insights from the article she wrote for Exchange Magazine, go to the July-August 2019 issue. And I have put the full link on the show's notes, but basically if you go to www.childcareexchange.com, then you'll find the magazine link there. Cassie has many more insights to share with us, so I hope that you're subscribed to this podcast. And I hope you've told a friend or two about all the great wisdom we're privy to on this podcast. And remember, you are always invited to like the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast Facebook page. Even though I'm a little slow at providing up-to-the-minute updates there, I have faith that I'll be more on top of that task sooner rather than later. At least, I hope I will. With more likes from the likes of you, I will definitely be encouraged to put more of my time and attention there. Thank you for being here and helping to increase your own teaching enrichment. Thank you. Until next time.